Greetings, gamers. I'm Ben Roth. And I'm Shoot Cabal. And you're listening to Very Good Music, a VGM podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> oh, how you doing, Chukapal? I'm doing. I'm doing okay. Cool. Cool. Not a whole lot happening since we last recorded. Uh, these are kind of coming hard and fast since we. Well, this will be the third week in a row that you are all getting a little taste of very good music. A VGM podcast. Yes. <laughs> and um, I don't think that I'm going to keep up the weekly thing. I have heard from at least one of you that you do like the shorter form episodes, so that is something I am taking under consideration, but we will have to see where that goes, because right now, as life is, I don't know if I have the stamina for weekly shows. But yeah, we'll have to see where the season takes us. Chukabao, before I continue rambling and take us down some sort of strange alleyway into an area we don't want to go to, <laughs> that was a weird metaphor, what is our topic for tonight? Uh, Rivals 2. Today, this R afternoon, R whatever. Rivals of Ether, the sequel. No, no, it's not Rivals of Ether, the sequel. Chess 2, the sequel on Steam. Although it is funny that you mentioned that. But yeah, we are doing right. Rivals, Rogues, and Frenemies. Part 2. We struggled a little bit to come up with some tunes on this one. I we used all the good stuff last time. Didn't realize. Like, you and I were excited about doing Part 2, and then I think when we started looking into the songs, we realized, wait a minute. <laughs> but we have a little bit of help from our listeners. So we're going to go ahead and start out with that. I think I would like to start things off with a banger. This actually would have been one of my picks for the episode, but then... I was trying to narrow it down to a couple of other things, and so I was glad when Skeletroy chose this song, and Chukapau, I think you will be equally excited about the other song we're going to be playing in a moment. But first of all, from Skeletroy, we have got X versus Zero from Mega Man X5. Ooh. This was released for the PlayStation in the year 2000, and was of course developed and published by Capcom. The composer is... Naoto Tanaka.
that was X versus Zero from Mega Man X5, composed by Naoto Tanaka. <laughs> Shoot kapow. What are your thoughts on this little song? Okay, that was that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. I this was on my list for last time, and then you went with Proto Man and I decided not to go with this because figured we you know, we had enough rivals we didn't need to repeat yeah. um, uh, series. But man, I love this song and I'm so glad that Skeletroy went went with it. <laughs> it's so um you may be thinking, but X and Zero aren't really rivals. Like, Zero's more of kind of a mentor to X. What's going on? Well, in case you never made it to Mega Man X5, in this game, they X and Zero team up to defeat Sigma when he releases the Sigma Virus. This is the first game with the Sigma Virus in it. Um, yeah, right, it's timely still. Before reaching Sigma, however, X and Zero are forced to battle each other. And there are a few reasons as to why. So, one of Sigma's reasons for releasing the virus is because he's trying to turn Zero Maverick. And if you're playing as X, because you can choose which one you play with in this game, if the player is X, then you confront Zero about how Zero's power has been rising disturbingly since the virus came, because it doesn't affect Zero like it does the other Reploids. He tries to make Zero go back to Hunter Base, uh, ex Maverick Hunter Base, so that he won't, you know, get infected or anything, and Zero refuses, and so they fight. If you're playing as Zero, then you are confronted by X, and X says that it seems like Zero is going Maverick because of the fact that he's weirdly immune to the Sigma virus. And so Zero, of course, gets offended, and they fight. Um, if Zero has already gone Maverick, then if you're playing as X, there is, you fight like a more powerful Zero, and yeah, so in this game, they are, they were their rivals. And if anybody forgot, the rule for this topic is the characters have to at least have some sort of competition, or they could even be enemies of some kind, but sometimes they actually team up to, to you know, do battle against a greater foe, something like that. Could be an enemy turned friend. Like in the first Rival episode, I played a song for both Vegeta and Piccolo from Dragon Ball game, and those two are, like, good examples of that. I guess even Frieza could be considered a good example of it, since in Dragon Ball Super, he teams up to save Universe 7, whatever it is. Anyway, but... I avoided using, like, continuous big bad antagonists. So, like, even though Bowser does team up with Mario in a couple of the side RPGs, he's off limits for, for this episode. I did bend that rule just a little bit for one of Shukapau's picks a little bit later, but for the most part, that's kind of what we're dealing with, a rival of some kind to the main character, but not necessarily a big bad. Uh, so, yeah, I love this song. Shukapau, speaking of your list, you shared a funny little anecdote with me while oh, yeah. we were listening to that. So um, earlier today, I installed the free version of Grammarly because I'm did an English essay. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Grammarly, kind of disappointing, honestly, because you need premium for all the good stuff, and that costs money. Yeah, that's how it always is. Yeah, but... But um, yeah. Anyway, what happened when you opened up your list on uh, with Grammarly? Yeah, so it showed a bunch of stuff, a bunch of you know grammar mistakes because you know song, video game, 
song Video game titles. song titles are not necessarily made for, you know, good grammar. <laughs> yeah. So, I screw up to You Will Know Our Names, which we actually played back on the second episode. Wow. And now we've both played Xenoblade Chronicles. And we also a- played it uh, in the seventh episode, Sword Songs. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah, we played it twice. But anyway. It was one season, wasn't it? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I let, <laughs> I let you, um, because RJ had requested it for episode ah, yeah. 7, so I said it was fine. Uh, that's actually the one where I played a little bit of Gore Plains at the beginning, and then it went into ah, yeah. more names so I could kind of replicate what it's like in the game. <laughs> but anyway, so we're, we're burying the punchline. What happened when you Now thought? it's Ryan time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I went over and hovered on it, and the suggestion was to add commas before and after Will. So it's like you're telling Will... You know our names. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's something. So wait, is that on your list tonight, or was it just like, uh, no, in your document it, for some reason? It was. It was up on. Oh, that's right. Your document is like a running thing. It has like all things in it. Okay. All right. Well, that was that was a lot of talking. Anyway, that was. Yeah, it's good stuff. Grammar is grammar is an interesting world. Okay. Well, now we're gonna move on to our second listener pick. Our next song is titled Mothava's Grand Stand. It was composed by Tristan Ulrich, and it is featured in the game Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling. This game was released in 2019 for the Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. It was developed by Moonsprout Games and published by Dongen Entertainment. Have you ever heard of this game, Chukapau? Yes, I have. <laughs> RJ has mentioned it to me many times. You're actually saving up for it right now, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> well, this was Which actually the income that I definitely have. This song I am was 15 years old. This song was brought to our attention by Patchpen, one of our listeners and the former host of the OC Remix podcast. And Patchpen mentions that Mativa is introduced in the game as a singer. But you quickly find out, so this is not really a spoiler, you quickly find out that she's actually the leader of her own adventuring party, and they usually just show up when she wants to take the glory for something you're about to do. (laughs) So, yeah, plenty plenty fitting for a rival theme. Uh, Patchpin also mentions that her partner, Zasp, or Zasp, maybe because he's a wasp, I don't know, um, is actually kind of a cool guy in situations that don't involve Mothiva. So, or Mothiva. I'm not really sure how you pronounce her name. We'll have to wait and see how the game, if the game does it for you. But, without further ado, here is Mothiva's Grand Stand.
That was Moth of His Grand Stand by Tristan Ulrich for Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling. And holy cow, that was good stuff. Ugh, Shukapow, what was your favorite part of that? Uh, I don't know, there were so many. I really love that like that second parts that had the really killer melody on the, the synth instrument, but then that, that violin at the end is also really good. The piano at the beginning was great. Man, Patchpin, thank you so much for sharing this with all of us. I really need to get more listener picks on this episode. We had that early in Season 1. We did a lot of listener picks, and they were some of the best songs of the show. So, man, we could probably just like stop the podcast now, and this is one of the best episodes we've done this year so far. <laughs> but, um, but we're not going to do that. We are going to continue with our picks for your rivals, rogues, and frenemies thing. Thing. Yes. Thing. Mission. Quest. Thing. And I think, since I just played two tracks from our listeners, we're going to go ahead and start with you. So what is your first... What is your first rival track for the evening? Hmm... Um, I think I'm gonna go with Pokemon. Wouldn't really be a Rivals episode without a Pokemon track. Or two. <laughs> or two. Of course, the most famous rival in the Pokemon series is Blue, or Gary, but we covered that last time. Yeah. So. I'm gonna be doing the second most famous from the second generation. This is Rival Silver from Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. This one goes out to you, Daryl. Hopefully you're still out there. You haven't replied to my DMs. I'm kind of worried about you. (laughs) All right. That was Rival Silver from Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, released in 2009 for the Nintendo DS and composed by Junichi Masuda and Go Ichinose. Very, very cool. I think that this might be my favorite mainline Pokemon battle theme that I've ever heard. <laughs> this is really good. I'm not quite sure about that third section that gets a little bit kind of bouncy, <laughs> but all the part before that was really, really, really cool. Why did you settle on this with all the other rivals in this series? Because I think we might have played all the other rival themes already, except how, which I don't actually know. Huh. Neat. Okay, cool. Have we have we played Marnie's theme? Um, Maybe? I think I remember playing Marnie's theme. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to look into that sometime. Well, either way, this was really good. Um, 
And I am going to switch gears almost entirely. Huh. Gears. That's funny. Because... Because <laughs> I next... just bought a clink-clang and one. <laughs> well, and also because the next song that we're playing is from a Metal Gear game. <laughs> Did not do that on purpose. All right. Um, but no snake in this game. Because this is a spin-off, Or as we learned last week, a Gaiden. This game stars Raiden. And I originally was going to play a Raiden theme because I thought that Raiden was a rival to Snake. And I guess you could kind of say he is. Raiden was the main, he was the protagonist in Metal Gear Solid 2, which was kind of an unpopular choice among a lot of fans because they wanted Snake. And we got this weird cyborg robot dude instead. Snake! But Raiden is a really cool character in his own right. In this track, you are facing off against his rival in the game that he starred in, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, which was published by Konami, but was actually developed, at least in part, not by Kojima Studios, like the rest of the Metal Gear series, but by Platinum Games. Does that name mean anything to you? No. It's Platinum like Pokemon Platinum, which the Diamond and Pearl are getting remade. Yeah. Their most uh, recent game was um, Astral Chain, which came out last year, but they're also the developers of the Bayonetta series. Um, so yeah, Platinum Games, lots of open world, like action, kind of third-person shootery, slicey, dicey magic stuff. And in this game, your primary like rival uh, is a guy named Jetstream Sam. And Jetstream Sam... Well, we'll get into that a little bit when we come back. But the track that plays when you have your final showdown with him is called The Only Thing I Know For Real. This is a vocal track. We had a few of these back on the uh, original Rivals episode. This song was composed by Logan Mater and Jamie Christopherson with vocals by Tyson Yen. And again, this is The Only Thing I Know For Real.
That was The Only Thing I Know For Real by Logan Mader and Jamie Christopherson, performed by Tyson Yen for Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. <laughs> Man. Shukapow, you need to pick up your melted face off the floor there? <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Your, uh, your tastes have expanded a little bit, because early on in the show, you didn't really dig stuff like this, but I think with exposure to uh, things like Jago's theme that Alex Messenger brought to our Ninja episode. You've seen the reaction uh, back then. And the, um, the, the Doom theme that Jeff brought to our episode 11. I think that uh, you're starting to kind of open up to this stuff a little bit. Uh, what was my reaction to the Shadow theme in the first Rivals? I don't know. We'll have to go back and listen. I think you were a little bit meh about it. <laughs> but yeah, this reminded me of that one. Um, and. <laughs> oh, Shadow. Such an edgelord. We've got kind of a shadow-ish character later later in the, the episode as well. Um, <clears throat> but, so, this one is really cool. I um, The story for this rivalry is one of the most fun things I discovered in doing research. This is another track I was going to bring to the original episode. But again, it was kind of similar to the shadow theme, and so I thought maybe you know it'd be better to leave for a later time. Sam Rodriguez. So, in this game... You are, uh, you play as Raiden, and you're working for a private military company called Maverick Security Consulting Incorporated. The rival PMC, Desperado Enforcement, LLC, I like like how they're incorporated in LLC to show that they're companies. Desperado wants to destabilize peaceful nations and keep conflict going so that they can make money off of war. So... Not going to get into political stuff here, but that is not an unknown thing in this day and age. Sam Rodriguez, Jetstream Sam, works for Desperado, and he's kind of like Raiden's counterpart. And when you first meet him, he demolishes you. Like, your (laughs) first fight, you're supposed to lose, and he totally wrecks you. Like that robot dude in Mega Man X. Yes, like Vile, exactly. Um, But then at the end... they're They're all robot dudes. Unlike Vile... At the end, when you face off against him and y'all are kind of equals, he's very he's honorable about things. Like, um, what's cool about the final fight with him, you start, like, sword against sword, and then you knock his sword away, and you, so you're like, okay, the rest of this is going to be great. But Sam is Brazilian, and he knows this super special Brazilian martial art, and he proceeds to wreck you with his bare hands. <laughs> the rest of the fight is apparently really, really hard. Like, this is a very hard, but, like, rewarding hard, not frustrating hard fight. And it just sounds really, really cool. Um, makes me kind of want to play this game. And now we have a PlayStation, so maybe I'll be able to. So, yeah. Metal Gear. Uh, yep. Anyway, cool stuff. Glad to be able to bring it to the show. This song, man, the drums really kind of, kind of stole the show for me. I love the drums in this. This is metal, like right here. This is it, it's appropriate for Metal Gear. But I also really like the Japanese flute that kind of comes in there a little bit with the trills. The vocals are really nicely done. Uh, it's, you know, perfect, pure, like, scream metal stuff. And, yeah, I just really enjoy this game. I really enjoy this soundtrack, and this track in particular. Yes. And for anyone who is interested on the playlist associated with this episode, uh, I am going to be posting a an extended remix of The Only Thing I Know For Real that was posted by Nick Richardson on his YouTube page. Really cool 
somehow even like harder version of this theme. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go check that out, and you can check out the rest of our playlists. We post playlists for all of our episodes on YouTube, and usually, if I remember, they go live the same day that the episode posts. What is your next track? Hmm. I think I'm going to go on to some Zelda. Zelda? Yes. Hey, we played Bruce's theme last time. Yes. Who else do you initially think of with Zelda, Rivals, Rogues, and Frenemies? Huh. Uh. Hold on. Rivali. Yes! Yeah! <laughs> All right. Oh, you know, I, th- I actually thought about Rivali last time, but then I completely forgot about it. He was totally off my radar. And well, well done. now, Rivali actually has a theme in Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Nice. I'm All pretty right. sure it plays when you're fighting Rivali in the, the sort of mission where you recruit him. I don't know. Lemon Boy would know more about this, but he's in bed. Yep. All right. Well, hmm. Neat. We'll have to do a Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity episode with Lemon Boy. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's get into it. The Champion Rivali from Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, released in 2020 for the Switch and composed by Kumi Tanioka. Very cool. I love all the callbacks to like Rivali's uh, motif in Breath of the Wild, yeah. the Dorito the Village theme, but the instrumentation and the arrangement here, it's, it's pure warrior stuff. Like It's got that kind of driving, epic, soaring feel to it. Nice pick. Very well done. What do you think makes Rivali a fitting rival for Link? I guess sort of like his his attitude. Rivali's sort of like uh, like an arrogant, very proud birdman. Yes. I mean, he is extremely talented, and he knows it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he lords it over you. Like, he has the ability to make air go woo. <laughs> Nicely Ultimate put. Ultimate power. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's also not a bad archer. <laughs> yeah, he might even give Shukapau a run for his money. 
I, I guess. Yeah. That was like your whole reason for having this name is because you liked shooting arrows in Minecraft, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, he's constantly questioning why Link is the champion when he should be the champion. <laughs> I mean, they're they're all champions. This is called it's called the Champion Revolve. They, I know, I know. It's it's crazy. I mean, Link doesn't get a giant, you know, mech. <laughs> He just gets a bike, <laughs> yeah, which is still pretty awesome. But anyway, nice pick, nicely done. Uh, you compared this to another game that actually is all about a rivalry of sorts, because your two families are like fighting over you. What game did you compare this to? Uh, yeah, Fire Emblem Fates. Yeah, also right slash conquest slash revelations. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we should really get Bible. the we should get the last game, the one yeah. that combines everything. I wonder, wonder if we can get that right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> lots of good music in that game as well. I don't have any Fire Emblem on my list tonight. Uh, I, I there are some rivals I bet that you could go through, but I didn't really have the time to look. My next rival theme though was the last one I added to my list. I was thinking there are character. I know there's a character that I really want to play, but I can't think of who it is. And then it came to me. One of the original, like, edgy rival characters, although he wasn't really an edgy rival type until, uh, I think, until the first movie of this franchise. I think he was originally actually supposed to kind of be the leader of his little group. In the cartoon series, he was just the comic relief. He wasn't really a rival at all. But then the movie solidified him as the rival to the group's leader, and that's kind of how it's been in most of the other incarnations, except for the most recent animated series where he's kind of the leader again. Anyway, I'm talking about Raphael, the Teenage Mutant Ah, Ninja yeah. Yes. And Raph has evolved, I think, into my favorite turtle. When I was a kid, it was Mikey. And now it's it's all rap all the time. A lot of that is because of Sean Astin's performance in the second most recent animated series, the the one on Nickelodeon that was all CG. Love it. It's uh, it's my favorite animated Ninja Turtle series now, even more so than the originals. The originals are nostalgic favorites for me, but this one was inarguably it's the best one so far. I haven't really watched Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yet. I've seen a couple of episodes. It, it it looks like it's one I would enjoy, but it's such a departure from the original. But it's got kind of a goofy flavor to it, like the original did. So when I, I say it's I a departure, watching some of that. I mean it's a departure from the the other the CG one. Yeah, we watched like the first episode. Like the animation's all kind of weird, and um, I don't know. One interesting note is that the original Raphael, Rob Paulson, who was Donatello in the uh, the CG TMNT series is the voice director for the Rise series. And I think he does a couple of bit voices too, but I thought that was really cool. He's my favorite voice actor, so. But yeah, which Raphael music do I pick? Well, I'm not super familiar with a lot of the later Turtles game music, and there weren't really specific themes for specific Turtles in some of my favorite ones, like TMNT on the NES, TMNT 3 to Manhattan Project, uh, Turtles in Time. They didn't have, like, Turtle-specific themes. One game, though, that kind of did was TMNT Tournament Fighters, specifically the one on the Super NES. This was a fun little game. It was totally a Street Fighter clone, but uh, in the story mode, you start off by fighting the four turtles, and then you fight some of the other characters in the game. And Raphael's stage is the cafeteria. 
I don't really know why. That seems like it's more Mikey's thing. Uh, I feel like you'd fight Raph on a rooftop or in like a back alley or something like that, maybe in a bar. But um, <laughs> Raphael, Cafeteria Stage from TMNT Tournament Fighters. This was released on the SNES back in 1993. It was published by Konami, and I couldn't find specific composer credits on this one, but the game was composed by Kazuhiko Uehara, uh, Hideto Inoue, and Harume Ueko. song this song brings back some memories i played this game a lot when i was a kid that was cafeteria from teenage mutant ninja turtles tournament fighters on the snes composed by three of the greats from the konami kokeha club uh, the konami sound team kazuhiko uehara hideto inoue and harumi ueko what did you think of this song yeah that was cool that was fun awesome nice SNES sound. Yeah, it really was. The horns were really nice on this track. Yeah. Like, those were some good samples. And the orchids, there were just a couple. They were kind of scattered throughout. Nicely done. Um, yeah, this was really fun. Kind of a short loop, but it's it's one you could listen to over and over, which is a really good trademark of fighting game music because you never really know how long the fights are going to last. It could be really short. They could go on a long time. Yeah, um, a little thingy. Um, on the Cloud Sea of Allrest, uh, there's if you go into the camera mode, that Klotzi of All Rest, the new stage added with Pyro and Mithra. Oh. Um, if you go into the camera mode and you look off to the left, you can see the World Tree, which is kind of like a big sort of landmark in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And the thing is, the map sort of like cycles, Gramps sort of like goes across the, the sea, and the, um, you know, in the background is all the different titans and stuff. And eventually the world tree, like, loops around to the other side of the screen, and eventually it goes into the, like, like, you can see it in the background without moving the camera. And that takes, like, ten minutes. Oh, now I know why you're talking about this. The, the whole time you were saying all that, I'm sure our listeners were, like me, wondering, why is Shukapau talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> but it's because you never know how long the fights are going to last. Yeah, that's really cool. That's nice. So there's at least two stages in Smash Bros. that have a World Tree feature in them, because yeah. you've also got the Dragon Quest one. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Cool. I don't know, maybe they'll have the World Tree and Tails' stage in the lights and Smash. <laughs> 
Uh, for those of you who don't speak mumbly teenager, that was maybe they'll have the world tree from Tales of Symphonia when they add Lloyd the Smash. <laughs> that would be that would be really cool when they add Lloyd the Smash. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, fifty-fifty chance. That's not how that works. There are two spots left. <laughs> anyway, you're gonna add a Pokemon. Back to teenage. Else. Back to teenage mutant turtles. Who's your favorite turtle? <clears throat> uh, uh. Um. You're not a super big turtles fan. Baxter Stockman. <laughs> oh. I kind of see you as a Donatello kind of guy. Maybe it's because you're kind of tall and lanky, and you're you're smart. You do machines. Oh wait, no, you don't. Anyway, come uh, on, Raphael. Raph is so cool. He's like he's super tough. He's brave. He's strong. He's a great fighter, but he's just not disciplined. He's got anger issues. And the Ooh, original Raphael, what Ooh, edgy rival? Yes, exactly. The original Raphael from, I say the original, the one from the 1980s cartoon, like I said, not really that at all. He's just, he's a practical joker, uh, he doesn't really have much of a, um, much of a temper, but I think that the other Raphs kind of, you know, are, are more in line with what the original character was supposed to be like. Um, but yeah, the song, really cool, fun stuff. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, glad I got to play one of my one of my favorite OG rivals. What have you got for us next? Next up, I have the lore Starcutter theme from Kirby's Return to Dreamland. Ah, so here's another one where we're kind of stretching the whole rival thing, because Magalore is kind of a big bad, but... He's I, more of a frenemy in I, the I, entire series. I will be interested to hear. Let's talk about that when we come back from the lore Starcutter theme. Starcutter theme from Kirby's Return to Dreamland, released in 2011 for the Nintendo Wii, and composed by Ando and Ishikawa. Ando and Ishikawa, yes, the Kirby team. Yeah. This is a. Well, I mean, of course, you've got the refrain of Green Greens, which is nice, but this track is a great example of doing a lot with a little, because the rest of that instrumentation is pretty spare, but it's, it's perfect, like, it's great. Tell us about a little, little about the stage. What you think about this song, and then why does Magalore oh fit a lore Starcutter stage? And oh, that would be so cool in Smash. Like that could totally be the DLC stage if they added Bandanity. Yep. Or they could add Magalore. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe all throughout the all throughout the game, like all the different parts of the ship could come back and change the stage up. Then when they're all on, the stage like goes up, and there's actual like lower blast zone. 
uh, and it like goes through a portal. Landia shoots fireballs at it, which will be like a stage hazard. Ooh. Then it falls back down through the portal to Dreamland again, and it goes through the hole. Oh, that's <laughs> such a cool stage idea. They need to do that. Maybe you should write the guys in Smash Splash 2, get them to do something like that. Yeah. Does Smash Splash 2 have any dynamic stages like that? Um, uh, it's got Clock Town, which sort of goes through the whole cycle, like, with the days and the nights. Mm, okay. Um, it's got, like, rain on one, then after the first night or so, fairies start fly- flying around, you can grab them to restore your health, and then on, like, the last day, it's got meteors falling from the sky, because, like, the, the moon, then the Song of Time plays, and it rewinds back the first day. Cool. That's really cool. Have you, um... You should come up with a uh, Magalore moveset. Has Brawl Fan One done one of those? Uh, yes, my, uh, we we both we both did movesets. Oh. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that some other time. Yeah. But yeah, this is cool. Um, We've spent like a whole minute and a half talking about Smash Bros. stages. <laughs> We've already played Crowned, so I guess if you're going to yeah. play a Magalore theme, this is you know what you're going to do. But it's a really good song. Why does Magalore fit as a rival? Well, and not um, like a big bad. Yeah. Um, in Return to Dreamland, he's definitely the main villain. Um, but then, like, after that, there's sort of, like, that... There's... Yeah, I mean, there's star allies. Yeah, there are other games where you can kind of... He can kind of join you. He has. Yeah. He became kind um, of a fan favorite after this game. Yeah. Because for most uh, of the game, you feel like he's your ally. Because, like, like, you know... Um, he He's trying to get the crown, you know. But then, like, after he sort of gets defeated and it breaks... He, like, sort of reforms and opens an amusement park. <laughs> then then he can he appears in DDD's Drum Dash with uh, the remix of Crowned that they have. Um, then, of course, he's in he's in Kirby Fighters 2 and Star mm-hmm. Highs. Hmm. Well, I did not know he reformed and opened an amusement park. That's really funny. Yes, so. he, he did open an amusement park. Oh, man. Okay, cool. Well, very, very cool. I like it. Nice theme. Switch has been out for four years. Oh my god! Yeah, it has. It's crazy. It's I. I don't know if like talking about releasing the Switch Pro this year. Yeah, like like the big rumor. I. I don't know. Like I don't know if Nintendo's ever really gonna like go off of the like the Switch path because like you never really know because. Like, I feel like they've really found a niche. This is their most successful system since the Wii. They didn't release something new with PS5 and Xbox Series X or whatever the Xbox one's called. Yeah, but, uh, uh, yeah, they haven't really done, uh, you're right, Xbox Series X. They haven't really done any new stuff. Like, Xbox and PlayStation both have just kind of made their thing more powerful. That's been yeah. their thing. Nintendo is the one that's really done something new every iteration since the GameCube. Yeah. Because, um, like, they have the Wii, which is just <coughs> just a stick. Motion thrill, yeah. another thing. And then the Wii U, which, sometimes. poorly named, but added <laughs> added the screen and actually kind of laid the foundation for the Switch. Yeah. And, of course, everybody knows what the Switch is, but yeah. <laughs> I feel like they should. I feel like they should stick with this model, because they've really found their niche. Nintendo is all about the game experience and more about great software on hardware that's just kind of, you know, acceptable. And they're they're never... It's just not their MO. They're not going to compete on a purely hardware level with Sony and Microsoft. But in this niche, in what they have carved out for themselves, they're the kings of the mountain. And this is something I feel like they can stick with and and do a really good job with. So we'll see. That That would be good. Speaking of the Switch... 
I bought a game uh, shortly after we got the Switch that I had been wanting to play for quite a while. That's Sonic Mania. Yeah. Uh, Sonic Mania is, for anybody who doesn't know, um, what started out as a fan game, but then Sega, because they're Sega and they're pretty cool with this kind of thing, yeah, said, hey. Like Nintendo. <laughs> said, hey, uh, you guys want to like make this an official thing? And the developers were like, uh, yeah, sure. Um, and they had gotten long-time... Um, Sonic fan composer T. Lopes to compose the tracks for the game, or arrange some of the older tracks. Well, Sonic Mania was a huge success, and shortly after the game came out, there was a web series released on YouTube of, an of animated shorts, um, and it was called Sonic Mania Adventures. And it was it was really cool. There's no dialogue, but it's a really fun little thing. You should go check okay, it out. I think I remember watching one of those with RJ in like eighth grade or seventh grade or something. Yeah, there were five or six little mini episodes. Uh, the whole thing takes maybe half an hour to watch. It's really really cool. The music for the episode is arrangements of classic Sonic tunes by T. Lopes and June Senaway, longtime Sonic composer. He was uh, the Sonic Adventures lead guy, and he was one of the Sonic 3 sound team, the many, many, many people involved with Sonic 3. And my next theme comes from Sonic Mania Adventures. It is an arrangement of a classic, classic song that was kind of featured in um, the the Last Rivals thing episode quest <laughs> on the Last Rivals episode because I used it as sort of the stinger music before we introduced the listener lightning rounds. Uh, this is Knuckles theme, and the original is only about like ten seconds long, and that's why I didn't think about featuring it as a full song. This remix, though, uses that as a basis for a really, really awesome tune. And so, yeah, released in 2018 and um, produced on YouTube by Sega. This is Theme of Knuckles Remix by T. Lopes featuring June Sinaway.
That was Theme of Knuckles Remix by T. Lopes, featuring June Sunaway. Kukabout, what did you think of that? That was very good. It was what, Chukabout? Very good music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is really cool. I when I I didn't really do this the first time I listened, but if you want to go back and listen at, like I did, pay attention. The the guitar and the drums are just like classic June Sinaway, like Sonic Adventure level sort of punk awesomeness. The rest of it with the piano and some of the cool instrumentation, just that jazzy like horn feel is total total T Lopes. Like that's a T Lopes jam. This was really really cool. This series was actually released gradually starting in 2019 as part of a project celebrating Sonic Mania um, Adventures. The, the, the remixes are a project celebrating Sonic Mania Adventures, which was in turn a celebration of Sonic Mania. So uh, there are lots of cool remixes. Go check them all out. Knuckles is my favorite of Sonic's rivals. Shadow is the most popular one these days. Shadow is consistently in polls, like the second most popular character, followed by Tails and then by Knuckles. Knuckles is my favorite Sonic character, even more than Sonic. Now, this is pre-Sonic Boom. I don't hate Sonic Boom like a lot of people do. I just don't really have much of a feeling about it one way or the other. But Sonic Boom turned Knuckles into... I feel the same way about Pokemon X and Y. Sonic Boom basically turned Knuckles into... Ryan. He's the big, lovable oaf who you can depend on. Now it's Ryan time. Not the smartest guy, but, you know, he's a good friend and he's trustworthy. That's not Knuckles. Knuckles is... He was the edgy, snarky rival before Shadow, but he's also got a nobility about him because he's the guardian of the Master Emerald on the floating island. It's actually what keeps Angel Island afloat, the Master Emerald. And his family like passed down generation to generation the guardianship of this emerald because there was an ancient Echidna civilization. This is all from like the Archie comic series. It's I don't think it's actually canon, but there's an ancient Echidna civilization that abused the power. There used to be a lot more Master Emeralds. They abused their power, one of them specifically, and became like this world-ending threat. Anybody familiar with the DC Universe, he was kind of the parallax of the Archie Sonic Universe. Anyway, um, <clears throat> and so the Guardians keep the Emerald from falling into the wrong hands. Well, until Knuckles gets tricked by Robotnik and then begrudgingly has to join forces with Sonic, who he first sees as an interloper because Robotnik says that Sonic wants to steal the Emerald. Anyway, yeah, it's the whole Sonic 3 story and how Knuckles becomes their ally is really, really cool. I loved that game so much, and Knuckles... Knuckles was a lot of fun to play, and I think my love for Sonic 3 and Knuckles is why Knuckles to this day is my favorite of Sonic's rivals. Definitely a frenemy. Uh, in fact, he was introduced in Archie Comics as Sonic's friendly nemesis, Knuckles, so <laughs> before frenemy was even a word. But, yeah. Alright. What have you got next, Shook Pal? Alright, well I mentioned Pokemon X and Y. I'm gonna I'm gonna do Pokemon X and Y now. Is this your last Pokemon track? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I mean, like you said, we're kind of scraping. Uh, when it comes to very good music, if we were just going to do, like, okay music, then there would be more options for us. But it has to be very good music. And so, yeah, we're kind of a little bit limited. But you know what? After hearing that Gold and Silver soundtrack, I have a little bit more faith in the Pokemon universe of music. So that came out wrong. 
I love Pokemon music. We wouldn't have had a Pokemon episode if I didn't think it was very good music. Yeah. It's just not super my favorites uh, among so all the other stuff. It's not like Zelda level for me. But I know that you love it. We should do another Pokemon episode with Pernell and Daryl. That was a fun episode. That was a fun episode. We'll have to try that again sometime. Daryl, Pernell, reach out if you are interested. We'll, we'll make it happen at some point. But, yeah. Okay, so who's your rival in X and Y? Um, uh, there, there's a lot of them. A lot of them? Okay. Yeah, there's, there's like four rivals. Does the same music play for each of them, or do they each have their own battle theme? Um, it's, it's the same music for all of them, but like, this, this isn't the battle theme. Oh, what is it? Um, this is Together with Shauna. It, um, it plays at a very specific point in the game. Okay. Well, let's hear a little more about that Maybe after. Multiple, I don't know. After we listen to the music. All right. But, whoa, whoa, but, 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 but. listen to the music. Whoa, whoa, listen to the music. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Um, this is actually a remix arranged by the YouTuber Hoops and Hip Hop. Ooh, cool. Well, we will have, as always, we will have a link in the show notes. That was Together with Shauna from Pokemon X and Y, released in 2013 for the Nintendo 3DS and composed by Junichi Masuda, and this arrangement was done by Hoops and Hip Hop. Shout out to the guy with almost 200,000 subscribers. <laughs> Yay. Alright, well that was very, very pretty. I like that a lot. Did not expect that from a Pokemon game. Uh, what's the rival's road in front of me is that? Huh? Rival's road in front of me is that? Or, yeah, or rival's road in front of me. So, yeah, what's happening during this song? And then tell us how does rival fit the Shauna's rogues in front of me? <laughs> how does Shauna fit the rival's rogues in front of me? <laughs> theme. Uh, so, 
this is a cutscene theme. Um, after, uh, like, in between the first and second gym badge, after you've gone to Lumio City, the big central area of the Kalos region, mm. um, you go off to, like, the, um, the southwest area, and there's, like, this, this Snorlax blocking the way, so you have to go get the Poke Flute from a big castle, I forgot what it was called, Parfum Palace, and so you... You have to catch someone's fur fru who's run away, and so you catch it, and it turns out they're the owner, so they give you the polka flute. And, like, to celebrate getting his fur fru back, the owner, like, does a fireworks show, and you watch them with Shauna from the balcony. Oh. And so... And this plays during fireworks? Yes. During the whole cutscene. Okay. And, uh, while I was playing, Shauna's lines are, um, you know, and there's two different ones depending on the gender of the character. Um, for the boy, it's, I've never watched fireworks alone with a boy before. And for the girl, it's, I hope we, I really hope we get to be great friends, player name. Cool. We haven't seen them yet, but I know I'll never forget these fireworks, because I watched them with you, player. <laughs> and then I'll after watch the them with you, player. <laughs> player. Uh, alright. And then after the fireworks, it's, wow, that was amazing. I never, ever want to forget this, so I'll keep this memory in an album in my heart. Aw, that's so cheesy and cute. Yeah. I like Shauna. She's she's cute. So, how did, how is she, like, a rival character? She's one of your four rivals. Oh. Okay. Well, I suppose, then, that that takes us to my next track. And it's also kind of a... Well, I mean, it's not nice and pretty and sweet like that one, but it's um, it's got a very nice feel to it. And in kind of a repeat of last time, this one is a rival character from the Star Fox series. But it's okay. not Star Wolf. So who do you think it is? Falco. Yeah. What is Falco. It? What is it with, like, bird protagonists? <laughs> or... Heterotagonists? I don't know. <laughs> Heterotagonists. What do you call a rival? I mean, that is actually like a term. I guess that would kind of be it. Anyway, um, yeah, like a rival character. Anyway, Falco. We'll talk a little about Falco Lombardi and how this weird Italian falcon came to uh, be the main rival to the main character of the Star Fox series. But first, Falco. We are going to. You in terminal montage, you keep like referring to it. Yeah. <laughs> Something about subspace emissary. It's just Fox is like, hey, dot, 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 pew, Falco. <laughs> but first, we are going to listen to the theme of Falco Lombardi, also known as. Uh, Nobody. That's it, theme of Falco Lombardi. It doesn't have like a, an alternate name, apparently. <laughs> um, reorchestrated. This was originally composed by Hajime Wakai, but it was adapted from the original DS instruments into something that sounds a little bit more like you might hear on Flat.io by a YouTuber named Literal Orchestra. Once again, from Star Fox Command, this is Falco's theme.
Man coming to us from Hajime Wakai by way of Literal Orchestra on YouTube. That was the theme of Falco Lombardi from Star Fox Command. And I did a little bit of looking while we were listening to that, and it actually does have a theme. In the original soundtrack, Hajime Wakai called this song The Loner, Falco Lombardi. And Falco is... He's kind of the Han Solo of this game. He's... Uh, well, of these games, I should say, of this series. He did kind of have his own life before the joining the Star Fox team. Uh, I believe the story goes that he and Fox actually went to Starfighter Academy together and were close friends and rivals there as well. But then Falco kind of went off on his own, did his whole vigilante thing, and when Fox McCloud inherited Star Fox basically from his dad, took over as the leader of Star Fox, he asked Falco to join. And um, Falco is arguably the best fighter on the team. He's the best pilot on the team. He doesn't have the discipline that Fox has, but he definitely has the raw skill. Star Fox Command sounds like a pretty cool game. It was released on the DS, like I said, in uh, 2006. And I think this might have the most replay value of any Star Fox game. It's got branching paths, it's got... Uh, multiple different endings that can go different ways depending on how it goes. One of those endings actually sees Falco becoming like the peppy of a future Star Fox team that's headed up by Fox's and Crystal's son. So yeah, in in one of the, in at least one of the endings, Fox and Crystal don't even end up together. So it's <laughs> very different depending on how it goes. I'm not sure which of those is the canon ending, but anyway, all that's just about the story. This song, Chukpao, what did you think? It's very nice. I like that, that woodwind. Yeah, some good woodwind here. Um, these samples are not like super hi-fi. This does not... I mean, you can tell that these are synthetic instruments, but the composer has... or the arranger here had, did a really good job. Uh, there was a lot of nice percussion work, some xylophone, uh, tambourine, uh, lots of timpani in there. And this definitely sounds like a space theme, you know? And Hajime Wakai, this is a name that you're familiar with, yes? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mostly because of uh, a series that we're going to be featuring later on this season. And what series is that? Do you, do you remember? It's a series you really, really love. It's a series we're going to be doing a showcase of later this season because our patrons voted for it. Mother series! Nope. No. Hajime Wakai was not a composer on the Mother series. Dang it. That was Shoko Saka. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it is a series that we really need to see a new installment of. Pikmin? Yes. Yeah! Yeah, there you go. It's all coming together now. And we know that Hajime Wakai knows his way around an orchestral score. And uh, around some spacey music, even though Pikmin is definitely a different kind of space series than Star Fox is. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's it for for me, for that pick of mine. I believe that's pick number five for me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now you're going to bring us your sixth and next to last pick mm -hmm. of the night. What are you going to play for us next? Stinking noises, stinking noises. Yes. Um, uh, I'm going to be doing 
Felix battle theme from Golden Sun. <laughs> And that was Felix Battle Theme from Golden Sun The Lost Age, composed by Motoi Sakuraba, released in 2002 for the GBA, and later for the Wii U. That's not important. <laughs> I mean, it might be to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what do you know about Felix? Well, first, before we talk about that. This is a really cool track. Yes, it is. I mean, it's a secret around here. We like our, our Sakuraba. And actually, while we were listening, I did a little bit of looking, and I found out that there is an official remix of this theme from Super Smash Bros. One of them. I think it is from Smash 4. I do not know who the arranger is, but... Um, it apparently plays on the summit stage and the balloon fight stage, because nothing says ice climber and balloon fight like <laughs> a Motoi Sakuraba battle theme. <laughs> it's so weird to me how they pair up the music on some of this stuff. I still wish that you could play any song on any stage, because that would just that'd make it perfect, you know? Yeah. Like, but all we've got is battlefield and small battlefield and big battlefield and final destination. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, so this was really cool. I liked it, and the Smash theme is also really fun. We will play that underneath our talking once another loop of the GBA version is done. Shukapow. What even got you to think of this this track? Um, Golden Sun, I guess. I didn't think you even really knew enough about Golden Sun to know that Felix was a rival. I, I asked you. But how did you find out about Felix? I looked it up. Were you like looking up like Golden Sun rival characters or something? Yes. Or? Oh, okay. Cool. So you thought Golden Sun, and you were like, I wonder if there's a rival in there. So yeah, do you, did you continue your research and learn anything about how Felix is a rival? Um, I, I it's on the page <laughs> that I lost. That's okay. I mean, I can basically tell you I know a little bit. Well, um, I can remember that he like he he was he was there and since then like a flood or something happened, and then he fell down. So I don't want to spoil too much, but the Lost Age actually is Felix's story, and in the Lost Age, Felix actually leads another band of adventurers. You do fight against him in Golden Sun, and you think that he is like in league with the bad guys of that game 
But then later on in Golden Sun, you actually end up teaming up with him, and you kind of take on the final boss together, I think. Um, and Lost Age sort of tells you how, like, Felix's story that was going on at the same time as Isaac's story. So it's really interesting. And these two games are meant to be, you know, they're, they go together really well. I only learned about this because when I started playing Golden Sun Dark Dawn, I realized how much I was missing <laughs> because there's a lot. Like, like, you really have to know about the original story to for Dark Dawn to land like it's supposed to. Um, and so I looked up all this stuff while I was playing Dark Dawn. But yeah, it's really cool. It's a fun story. Felix is definitely a worthy character in this regard. Anything else to add about this pick, this game, any of this stuff? No, I, I do want to play Golden Sun, though, and I, I I can because we have it on Virtual Console. Yeah, which you just found out about last episode. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so you will have to do that sometime. I could not really get into the first Golden Sun. That's why I spoiled myself by just looking up the whole plot on Wikipedia so I could play Dark Dawn because it plays a lot smoother. <laughs> but, yeah, they're really fun games, and we should definitely try them sometime. Another series that I would really like to try at some point is the Devil May Cry series. I played a little bit of Devil May Cry 3 way back in the day uh, when a friend of mine had it on, I think that was the PS2, might have been the original PlayStation, but pretty sure it was the PS2. Anyway, it was fun. Um, I didn't really get into it because I didn't play it enough to really learn the controls from the ground up, and there's a lot going on in that game. But, regardless, there is a character in the Devil May Cry series that has become sort of iconic as a an antagonist, but also kind of a rival because you do join up with him, and that is Dante's brother, Virgil. Dante is the main character, for anybody who doesn't know, of the Devil May Cry series, and Virgil is his brother. Dante and Virgil have demonic blood in them, and whereas Dante it sort of please forgive me anybody who knows this series better than I do Dante kind of fights against his devilish nature or like uses it to hunt other demons Virgil just leans into it Virgil wants to be like the next demon killer king I think kind of thing anyway um, and the brothers fight a lot but in Devil May Cry 5 there was some DLC released where you can actually play as Virgil. And I believe that this song is what plays when you fight a boss while you're playing as Virgil. The name of the song is Bury the Light. And it's very long, lots of rambling and building, and, and it, but it changes its dynamic based on how the fight is going. And the version that I'm going to play, again, is from YouTube. The original song, Bury the Light, was written by Casey Edwards and it features Victor Borba on vocals. This arrangement was done by Casetech279 on YouTube with help from with help from another YouTuber RK who he references in his show notes. I will link that video in this description. But I'm playing this one because this is a dynamic montage that takes the different parts of the fight and strings them together in one song. It's still a little bit longish. It's going to go about five minutes. So sit back and relax and listen. But another big epic vocal theme for the rival, Virgil, from Devil May Cry 5. This is Bury the Light.
That was Bury the Light by Casey Edwards and featuring the stunning Victor Borba on vocals from Double May Cry 5. Once again, this was arranged by Case Tech 279 with help from fellow YouTuber RK. This was released for the PS4, the Xbox One, and the PC in 2019 and was published and developed by Capcom. Shukapau, what'd you think? That was very nice. <laughs> that, was, that was epic, man. That was some epic orchestral hard rockin' metal music right there. That was fun stuff. Don't really have a whole lot to say about it. I mean, the, the vocals were fantastic. Victor Borba, I, I mentioned while we were listening that to be able to sort of do that screamy singing and also still have a good consistent pitch is really impressive to me. And he does that very, very well. Um, other than that, I mean, it's just, it's it's very good, it's solid, uh, but it's just standard sort of rock guitar with uh, some of the strings and stuff in the back. The build here is really, really nice. And the way that you heard the song kind of build through the different parts there, um, it when you're fighting, during the fight, you can get into like a certain like a rhythm, and if you're doing really well, your rank while you're fighting will go from rank D up to rank like triple S. And so each of those iterations that you heard was a different letter, going from D to C to B and then to A, and then finally into S with I am the storm that is approaching. And yeah, this is really cool. Uh, Quick shout out, the guys over at Death Battle a few years ago did um, Sephiroth versus Virgil as one of their death battles. I don't even actually remember who won, but it was really close and it was a really impressive match. And now I know that these two also have equally impressive music to go along with them. So, alright, that was my next to last song, Shukapau. What is the last song that you are bringing this evening? Hmm. And you act like you're making a decision. Do you have more than one song? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have more than one song. You do? Hmm. Because no, I'm I'm joking. Okay, because I thought, but I was like, wait, because I, I asked if you wanted to come up with another one, and you were like, I can't. I don't know. Okay. You're leaving me in suspense, then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is Mid-Boss Mayhem from Mario plus Rabbids. Oh, Kingdom yeah! Battle. I even referenced this earlier, because I said I kind of bent the bent the rules of, of rivalry for this one, because I told you you could play it. All right, cool. Well, this is a long time coming. I know that you've been wanting to play this one for a while. So why don't we just listen, and then you can tell us about it when we come back. What's the name of the song again? Mid-Boss Mayhem. And it's from Mario Plus Rabbids.
And that was Midboss Mayhem from Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Kingdom Battle. <laughs> released in 27... Actually, that was Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, released in 2017 for the Switch and composed by Grant Kirkhope. Well, why did you drop the Mario out? He's he's dead. <laughs> what? Oh, right. That's why you hit all the Mario stuff on April Fool's Day. Yes. Because he died on March 31st. Ugh. Yeah. Ah. You've been wanting to play this song for a long time. Yes. Yes, it's good. I like it. And it's Kirkhope. Yes. And I don't think we've played... Have we played any Kirkhope this season so far? I don't actually know. I don't think we have. Huh. You might have. This is our third episode, and we haven't played any Kirkhope yet. Anyway, um, yeah, this is good. This is good. How does Bowser Jr. fit as a rival, rogue, or frenemy? Oh, yeah. Not just uh, an antagonist. Bowser Jr. is one of the mid-bosses, and so this plays when you're fighting him. Um, well, you team up with Bowser Jr. quite a bit. In Mario Plus Rabbids, he, like, you know... I don't know. I haven't played this game. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, yeah, he's, he's, he sure is, he, yeah, you fight him, but then, like, you team up with him because Bowser gets possessed by a big evil thing that it just... Oh, yeah, and he turns into Epic Flying Dragon Bowser. <laughs> yeah. And then there's all of Bowser's theory. What do you mean? Don't assume that the rest of the internet has your knowledge. <laughs> Share it with us. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, in Bowser's Fury, Bowser Jr. teams up with you because Bowser got drenched in black paint again, so... Ah, so basically whenever Bowser gets, like, too crazy and Bowser Jr.'s like, Hey, you gotta save my dad, he goes to Mario. Yeah. <laughs> His dad's, like, arch-nemesis. I guess, wow. <laughs> ah, the burden of being a hero. <laughs> Okay, okay, cool. Good enough. Do you think that this song fits Bowser Jr. as a character? Yeah, yeah. It's It's got that sort of dangerous sort of feel because Bowser Jr.'s in, like, the big mech suit thing. But, like, it's also fun and bouncy and Kirkopian because Kirkop composed it. And because Bowser Jr. is a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, good deal. Well, uh, you mentioned a big, like, mech suit, and that makes me think of Mega Man again, because we talked about Vile earlier in the evening, and coming back around to Mega Man, last time I said I didn't play X vs. Zero because you had already picked Proto Man to play us out, and I didn't want to, like, load up with the Mega Man, but this time, uh, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we had a little trouble finding a whole lot of different rival themes, so my second rival theme from Mega Man, is going to be our final rival theme for the evening, not counting the blooper reel track, which I'll mention when we come back to our little closeout comments. But next, we are going to listen to Bass's theme, or the theme of Forte. And we are going to listen to not just one, but two versions of Forte's theme. First, with the sweet, sweet uh, SNES samples, of Mega Man 7, and then with the 
a slightly more updated sound of the PlayStation 1 and the Sega Saturn for Mega Man 8. Once again, this is the theme of Forte, or Basis Theme. That was the theme of Forte from Mega Man 7 and then from Mega Man 8. This theme was originally composed by Makoto Tomozawa, who also was the composer of Storm Eagle and Spark Mandrill in Mega Man X. And that was for Mega Man 7, released on the SNES in 1995 and composed and published, huh, developed and published by Capcom. And then we heard the updated version reimagined by Shusuku Uchiyama for Mega Man 8, which was released in 1996 on the PS1 and Saturn, once again by Capcom. Shukapow, what did you think of that theme? Very nice. I liked the, um, the synthy sound. Yeah? It yeah. was very synthy. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Not a whole lot to this theme, but there were a couple of different parts to it. It was dark, and... I I could see the, the doo 
do 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 I could see that lead melody maybe being played by a trumpet. Uh, I think that it could be made into a kind of fun, upbeat theme, but bass is not a fun, upbeat guy. Bass is very much an edgelord. <laughs> uh, several years before Shadow the Hedgehog came onto the scene, bass kind of fit that niche as the anti-hero, sometime rival, sometime antagonist of X, or of Mega Man. He was created by Dr. Wily basically to be superior to Mega Man in every way. And his sole drive in life, more than anything else, is just to beat Mega Man. And occasionally he will team up with Mega Man in order to fight like a greater foe, but more often he just he just wants to defeat him. He's actually in that way a lot more like Metal Sonic from Sonic the Hedgehog than he is like Shadow. But yeah, uh, it, he even will he will openly defy what Wily wants him to do if he thinks that he has a better idea of how he can get the best of Mega Man. So, um, yeah, this is Bass's theme, or I really prefer his Japanese name, Forte. It's really, really cool. I like it a lot. But these songs have some pretty cool bass in them. Um, even though in Japan his name, once again, is Forte, I like the bass lines of these songs. It's almost like they were written with that in mind. <sighs> but that was our Rivals, Rogues, and Frenemies playlist for part two. Yeah. And if it hasn't become clear, I don't think we're going to be doing a part three, at least not until more games come out and we learn about more Rivals. But if there are any songs that y'all have not heard in part one and part two that you really, really think you would have liked to have had uh, mentioned here, let us know, and we will definitely consider them for future episodes. I do want to give a quick shout-out. Our blooper reel theme is going to be the customization song from Rivals of Ether. Patchpin, who gave us Mothiva's theme from Bug Fables that we uh, opened up the night with, along with Skeletroy's pick of X vs. Zero, Patchpin also said that he jokingly was going to recommend the main theme for Rivals of Ether because it's Rivals, Rogues, and Frenemies. And that is a really good song. But customization... It's got this really nice, jazzy feel to it. Listen to the playlist. It's going to be the last song on the playlist, and this deserves to be heard on its own. But um, it's not technically a rival theme, so I thought it'd be better for the blooper reel. Dad. What? I just had a realization. What's that? Mega Man implies the existence of man. Just man. Oh. Without the Mega. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so do all the robot masters. Yeah. Huh. But then Proto Man was the first man. But his name is Blues. Not, like, Adam or any other, like, first man. Mega <laughs> <laughs> uh, Man's just, like, fighting through. It's like a prequel. He goes back in time. And he's just like fighting through this level, and at the end, there's just some guy. He's like, who are you? I'm man. <laughs> and it's late, if y'all can't tell. It's kind of late for us. So I think we're just going to wrap it up. Shukapow, who are some of our lovely patrons who we like to thank at the end of each episode? Daryl. Also known as? The Last Recon. Yeah, the host of a VGM Fight Club. And also your Pokemon buddy. 
Yes. As we record this, I am actually going to also be recording an episode of Daryl's show that I think as you hear this is going to be coming out later this week. So look forward to that. It's going to be over on Senpai's playlist or um, the Last Regan Presents VGM Fight Club. So yeah, it's going to be fun. Who is another VGM podcaster who is on our patron list? Alex the Messenger Messenger. Yes, host of A VGM Journey. Yeah. And on his last episode, he actually played a pick from me from Xenoblade Chronicles, the game that I am in love with and definitely want to talk about pretty soon. I don't even know how far I am in this game. Each time I think I'm getting kind of close to something like a climax, a new story unfolds, and this is like the game that never ends. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's a lot of fun. Shukaba has actually started playing Xenoblade Chronicles, and I almost let him break a a no-game-time rule today to play more because I want him to catch up to me. (laughs) But I'm going to have to, like, stop playing for, like, a month if I want really any hope of that. (laughs) I really want to talk to somebody about this game, but not somebody who's beaten it, because spoilers. Anyway, yeah. Oh, it's so good. We're going to have to do a Xenoblade episode once you and I are both done. Yeah. Yeah, The Last Recon. Alex the Messenger Messenger. Also want to give a shout-out to Skeletroy, our theme song composer and the original Thrash Canadian. Also, fellow Canadian, Ryan Steele, composer of the Catlandia soundtrack, and also future guest of the podcast later on in the season. I think we're actually breaking that news now. Ryan is going to be joining us later in the season to talk about the soundtrack for Catlandia. We also have Carlos Leon Roman, Kung Fu Carlito, host of Heroes 3 podcast, and one of three artists whose work graces our uh, sort of public persona. Carlos drew the um, the sort of cartoon versions of us that you see on all of our YouTube videos. Uh, side note, also like to thank Bendadiah Dishman, who did our pixel art that is on our logos, and also the wonderful Naomi Rubin, who did our podcast art that you see on all of the podcatchers. Finally, would also like to give a shout-out to Forrest Shamlian, the creator of Castle Corps. He actually recently released the first episode of this season, where Mario talks to Rouge about uh, some weird little creature that their boss wants them to talk about. I think he called it a Sherby. Anyway, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. And we see Daryl, Alex, Skeletroy, Ryan, Carlos, Forrest, Sixth, Oh yeah, our mysterious 7th patron, Nathan, we still don't know the identity of, other than his name. Thank you all so much for your generosity. You too can become a patron at... And that I named Akiram after him. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, you named uh, you named one after Carlos this week too, didn't you? Yeah, the Reshiram. Reshiram, yeah! And then I fused them together. Yep. So Nathan's Akiram, Carlos is a Reshiram. Have you named Forrest yet? Not yet. Oh, so we'll have to find out what Forest is going to be. All right. Have you named a Pokemon after me yet? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, see, I'd like to think I'd be something really cool, like a Machamp or something like that, but I'd probably be a Stoutland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Stoutland's cool when it isn't showing up and interrupting my grinding. <laughs> hey, like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right.
You can also find us on YouTube. Just search Very Good Music BGM Podcast. You can find us on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, just search Very Good Music and or BGM, and you'll find us. And our home is at anchor.fm slash VGMVGM. You can email the show at VGM at gmail.com. Shoot or else can they find us? On Twitter, I've shoot the pow. Yeah, and where can they hear some of your right. tweet? Tweet absolutely nothing. You've been on Twitter a lot tonight. Eh, that's just like messaging with the the group chat yeah. I have. If they talk to you, then you'll talk to them. Yeah. You could tweet a little more about the show, upcoming stuff, things like that. But you also don't have a lot of free time. And also chatting with Daryl and RJ. Yeah, about things things, stuff and things. Yes. And another one of our listeners who is a fan of yours on another pod, another website where they can find you. Ah, uh, yes, flat.io. Shout out sh- shout out to Evalve. Hi, Evalve. I saw some of your some of your comments earlier. It's cool. It's yeah. fun stuff. Thank yeah. you. And you do good music. Yes. What do you what do you do at uh, flat.io? I I do music yeah. as well. You recently um, did your latest final boss theme. Ah, yes. Which is really cool. It's good stuff. I also remixed Cat from Minecraft in the style of Smash Bros. Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun, too. I was impressed. I didn't really think that could be done. So, <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to be about it. Shugapow, am I forgetting anything? Oh, I have forgotten one thing. Uh, in two weeks, as you're listening to this, we're going to be doing episode four of the show, which is one I have been wanting to do for a long time. And if you have any songs on this theme that you would like for us to play, please, please, please share them. Because I really want to start bringing back more listener picks. Comment on YouTube. Uh, find us on Discord. Uh, you can find a link to our Discord on our YouTube about page. Uh, you can email the show. You can tweet at Shukapow. The, the theme for next episode is trains. We're going to be doing our train levels episode. <laughs> Way to spoil it. Yeah, a few. Some of my everyone knew that (laughs) we were going to do spirit tracks. Some of my very, very favorite video game themes of all time are train themes. The episode title I got from my good, good buddy Prof Jeff. We are going to call it Train Tracks because, of course, (laughs) we are. (laughs) And yeah, that's going to be dropping on April twentieth. So look forward to that, everybody. And I guess until then, play very good games, be very good people, and keep listening to very good music. And again, this is the only thing I know for real. That has the same amount of syllables as the only thing they fear is you. Yes. <laughs> but this is from Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Not. Doom. Blade? Doom. Doom. Yeah, All Doom. Right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Blooper reel! <laughs> yeah. This is. Well, crud. <laughs> well, hold on. I forgot to look up this stuff, so we'll be right back. And was, of course, developed and published by Capcom. Capcom. <laughs> by Capcom. I what found out. Fight. Man versus tiny baby man. <laughs> wow.
What? Terminal montage to oh, something yeah. about Mega Man X. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now it's your turn to participate in the conversation. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. This, this is like the subspace, the subspace emissary. Subspace em something about subspace emissary. That was Theme of Knuckles Remix. Let's try that again. That was Theme of Knuckles Remix. Yeah, it's gonna be a little while, so if she'll let you watch that, then you can. Okay, well, she's uh, going to let the dogs see, so... Hi, cat. Alright, let's continue. <clears throat> yeah, you'll have to try it out sometime. I couldn't really... I already said that. <clears throat> but... That was a weird noise. <clears throat> God, I'm tired. Yeah, so... You're a womp. Daryl? You're a womp. You're, you're a bomb. You're a womp now. You're a swamp. And you just spiked the audio again. Yep. Uh, you're a thwimp. All right. <clears throat> um, where was it? So first of all, ouch. ouch. You okay? Yes, I'm. I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> More bloopers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 